0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network presented by extreme threads your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer
1: All right, lacrosse fans, you heard the man. Take your seats, ladies and gentlemen, lacrosse fans alike. It's time for Extreme Threats Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminar back with you. Another National Lacrosse League week in the books. And one more regular season week to go in the NLL season. Week 20 of NLL action is on the horizon. We will look back to week 19 here momentarily, Evan, as uh, who we had by Stampy Tech is coming up. But uh, what a crazy week in the National Lacrosse League. A high-scoring one at that. Um, Welcome back to the podcast, Evan. I know you are down in Vegas right now, and enjoying a little rest and relaxation but you went to the golden knights game last night and you had some interesting comments coming out of that as far as the in-game experience the production um for the golden knights that really kind of caught your attention you think it's something that maybe lacrosse teams in the nll should maybe follow suit with
2: i think more teams than just the national lacrosse league should follow suit and you got to think of it this way vegas came in last year brand-new crowd, expansion team. You know, how are you going to engage the locals, especially? A bunch of people that, for the most part, haven't followed hockey. And as much as the the Knights know they're going to get some tourist crowds coming in there, they really wanted to focus on that local crowd, and they've done an amazing job. Even in that game there yesterday, probably 75% of the crowd was local. And what they did, like, there's the little things that I'm noticing throughout the game. Like, first off, they had the big tailgate party going on outside. They got these things going early. They got the crowds at the game forty-five minutes ahead of time. So that then they started some festivities in the arena thirty minutes ahead of time. There were probably half the crowd sitting in their seats by the time the warmups began. And of course their pregame production. There's nobody that can top that pregame production. And this is the thing, of course, in Vegas, you've got the best show producers in the world sitting right at your fingertips. You've got a bunch of celebrities that are willing to help out. And it makes this in-game production flawless, and they don't really do a lot of the gimmicky win-this-prize type of thing. They are working that entire TV timeout that by the time that they're out of that TV timeout, the crowd is riled up again and loud as ever. And... I've been to about 8 NHL arenas. Um, sorry Calgary, Vanco- Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver or Montreal. You guys have nothing on the crowd excitement that goes on in a Vegas Golden Knights game. They yeah. are phenomenal at it.
1: Yeah, I got to I got to give a, a big shout out to uh, a buddy of mine who who I worked with with the Minnesota Swarm, he was the PA announcer at the XL Energy Center. Bruce Cusick. Um, when the Golden Knights came out, uh, he applied for that job and got it. And he's a big reason why that crowd gets whipped up. He is he has got a lot of energy stored up in that body, and uh, he does a fantastic job of it. And, and so do the Golden Knights. For me, I'm a I'm a little bit old school, Evan. I don't need the all the bells and the whistles and the big show and and the all that sort of stuff just you know give me give me a bag of popcorn give me a a cold beverage and uh, let me watch the game that's that's kind of where i come out on it but but i get what you're saying i think if you're gonna go watch a live sporting event now, it's got to be just more than the game for a lot of people to get them in the door. And and Stanley Cup playoffs, it, it always gets gets my wheels spinning. Like I, I watched crowds in Nashville, uh, Carolina down there, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I just think to myself, like these people knew nothing about hockey before it got there. And look at them now—so engaged with that team, and it's woven into their fabric now. And and they just pack that arena; they go nuts. And I think to myself, man, like I could picture the National Cross League working in markets like Carolina and Nashville and Dallas. And and I just hope we get there one day because I think all those folks need is just a little taste of it, and they'll catch on. Sooner than later, uh, Evan, week 19 has come and gone, and what a week it was. It started off on Friday as we'll get into Stampede Tax. who we had. Don't forget, folks, uh, What do I keep saying folks? Fans, Stampede Tax Western Wear is your complete source for boots, hats, belts, jeans, and anything country. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967, online at stampede.ca. We're shopping online, is still shopping local. Well, Evan, uh, who we had, uh, we'll get into who we got later, but uh, who we had, it's 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 over, man. Like I can't catch up now, uh, but we're still going to go through the motions here, anyways. So it started off Friday night in San Diego. Well,
2: we're just Looking forward to the photos. You yeah, know that, right?
1: yeah, no, I know. Uh, I'm. I, it's common. It's common. Trust me. Uh, as long as
2: there's no assless chaps, you know. No,
1: we're all good. no, this is a family friendly show. There will be none of that. Um... Let's get into these games because we got uh, two big guests coming up this week, by the way. Uh, One of them will come up in about 15 minutes from now. The goaltender, one of the goaltenders for the Colorado Mammoth. The wall, Dylan Ward, will join us. I think that's the first time he has joined us here on Lacrosse Classified. And then we will head east to Bandit Land and the kitten, Corey Small will join us uh, in about half an hour, 35 minutes time from now. So Dylan Ward, Corey Small coming up on the program. We'll look forward to that. Uh, Week 19's action started on Friday night, Evan. It was at Pechanga Arena in front of a peckish crowd there in San Diego. The Friday night games in San Diego are just not working. Uh, So I really hope they can find a way to get away from Friday night games in San Diego because uh, the crowds there on Friday nights have not been good. But the San Diego Seals were pretty good on Friday night as they beat the Colorado Mammoth twelve to seven. Dan Dawson another seven points along with Casey Jackson six, Uh, Kyle Buchanan seven points in that game as well. And this was kind of like San Diego start to finish; they just kind of kept plugging along here and uh, eventually just pulled away from the Mammoth, who continue to struggle to score goals.
2: Well, and I mean the Friday night thing is across the board, even in Saskatchewan when they tried it the first year. I think there was. Nine to 10,000 in the building Friday nights, and then 15,000 when they made the switch to Saturday. So it's not just a San Diego problem. But anyways, yeah, know, no Corey Vitarelli, no Eli McLaughlin. This was going to be an offensive struggle for Colorado to begin with. Jeremy Noble gets his way back into the lineup and struggles again. And as much as, you know, with, Jeremy Noble, I've put it in the expansion dressing. You know, Colorado's going to move on from him after this year. If I'm an expansion coach, I'm still picking him up in the expansion draft. See if you can get a resurgence out of him with a new team, and I think he's still going to do well in the future. It was actually 4-3 for the Mammoth halfway through the second quarter, and they had a, a five-minute power play to try and expand this lead, and instead they don't score on the five minutes. They allow one shorty. They take a penalty a few seconds after the five. They get scored on. Then John Lynch takes a double minor. They get scored on again. And San Diego's off to the races. Uh, You know, Dan Dawson, once again, seven point night. And as scary as it's going to sound, it's going to mean a compensatory first round draft pick for the rush this year, probably at number 14. Um, which is stunning. But, um, you know, a really disappointing performance from the Mammoth and mostly the Mammoth offense. And the reason I say this is if you look at the standings right now, the Mammoth have the second lowest goals allowed in the league. Buffalo's just one ahead of them on that one. It's not the defense and it's not the goaltending that's the problem. This offense, you, they're scoring seven goals on a regular basis, and you never win when you score seven goals.
1: No, it's true, and and just to kind of add on to the Jeremy Noble thing, like the guy has just lost all his confidence, and it's that's all it is. He just needs to get his confidence back, and and I think. Uh, Jeremy Noble will return to form. Uh, I mentioned off the top here, Evan. We got to go quickly uh, because we got to get to Dylan Ward. So let's tighten things up here uh, as we got four more <laughs> games to cover: Philadelphia at Georgia, and this was a shootout down at the Infinite Energy Center. Six point nights from Rambo, Courier, and Kyle Moose Matisse. Gal Abrams gets his first victory as they played this game with one goaltender. Uh, probably the most surprising scorer of the week as we both had the Georgia Swarm to win this one. But no, the Philadelphia Wings put up 19 goals and win this one
2: 19-14. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see if Abrams got injured for some reason who was going to strap on the pads. But got to be concerning for the Swarm. You know, this is Kevin Orleman's coming out party. He um, has chances there because we don't know what the status yet is on Mike Poole and whether he's going to be back for the playoffs. And Orleman was quite poor. What was it? He allowed 14 goals and just 38 shots. So you're not going to get that kind of help from Orleman that we had hoped. Uh, Philly went out to a 6-1 lead. Georgia comes back. We think it's the old Phillies. He okay, here we go again. They're going to blow this one. But then they go, all, what, what is 11 for the next 15 and just blow this thing wide open. And... At that stage, they just weren't going to be caught. But it's a massive missed opportunity for the Swarm. We keep reiterating that home record with those East teams. Georgia had the chance the last two weeks to solidify first place, and by losing both, now they're stuck in second. They're going to play Toronto in the opening round.
1: Yeah, only team to only home team to lose this week as well, um, just to kind of spoil things a little bit. Um, so going back to that first game, Colorado losing, that meant Vancouver's playoff hopes were still alive as they went into Rochester. Uh, those hopes got dashed pretty quickly here, Evan. Uh, just a whitewash here. Kyle Jackson puts up a 10 spot. Ryan Banesh with 9 points, including his 1,000th point in the National Lacrosse League. Congratulations to Ryan Binesh. This one was all Nighthawks, so I believe we've won 4 in a row now. A little too late, however, but disappointing effort for a Vancouver team that was still mathematically alive in the playoffs. And They come out and, and lay a proverbial egg here against the Nighthawks. 18-6, your final.
2: Yeah, big congratulations Ryan Ryan And Like we said earlier this season, we had him on. He's one of these guys that you don't think about a whole lot, but all of a sudden, you look at the stat sheet at the end of the night, he's got seven or eight, and it's like, wow, right? And this is just a consistent yeah, performance from him. top ten all happens. time.
1: Top ten all time, and there's a reason for it. He produces, I mean, he's been around the block here, Evan, as far as National Cross League teams go. I don't know how many it is total, but it's been more than a handful, and he's produced everywhere he's gone.
2: I mean, one thing that we're, I was mentioning, if there was a crossover, in some leagues they have this crossover where the fifth-place team in one division could go as the fourth-place team in the other, if that happened right now, Rochester would be scaring those first-place teams in the in in the in the West. Because they are just that red-hot right now. Even though it means nothing, they've been fighting, you got to love them for it. It was over with quickly, this one. Bold let in four goals in five minutes. Um, and, you know, with... Colorado's sputtering. They're going to, Colorado's going to play the rush next week. Vancouver had this opportunity and they just blew it. Like yeah. There's no other nice thing, way to put it. And if, once again, if, if they have to find one thing in the offseason, they desperately need to find a faceoff specialist. Mm-hmm. They got blown out thirty for thirty-four last week by Trevor Baptiste. They get blown out. What was it? Twenty-seven for thirty-one by Jake Withers this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
2: got to win a draw well, and try and get a possession. I mean, they points. tried
1: that with Brendan Fowler. It didn't work out. And uh, but you're right. For those those people that don't think faceoffs are important, well, uh, just look at the last two weeks here for the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, two more games to go here on Stampede Tax. Who you had or who we had, I should say. Uh, Buffalo hosted New England. This is kind of a, I don't know what to call this game. It was just kind of a low-scoring Buffalo, just kind of drubbed New England here. Kind of a, a well-balanced attack up front. Uh, Corey Small, Dane Smith uh, having nice games, but really just kind of a vanilla game here. Bandits cruising along. 12-6, your final in this one.
2: Well, it's actually close. In the halftime, I believe, is just a one-goal game, and New England gets one 30 seconds into the second half and then goes 29 minutes and 30 seconds without putting one in.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh,
2: you know, like it's, it's that crazy. Um, you know, nine different goal scorers for the Bandits. This is a reoccurring theme where it doesn't matter who has the ball. It's just somebody's going to put it in. They've had a few of these even with 10 earlier in the year. And it ends up this is a first-round playoff preview because the Bandits now have first place in the East locked up. They're going to play New England. Although I'm not going to read too much into New England's performance, they were locked into their playoff position. This game really didn't mean much to them.
1: Um, Matt Vince, it meant something to him. I can't believe this, uh, quite frankly, but this was Matt Vince's best personal overall Record as a goaltender in the National Lacrosse League uh, with that win against New England. And he'll have another opportunity to best that coming up this weekend. And if Buffalo can win this weekend against San Diego, and we'll talk about this a little later in the show, um, this will actually be the best record in Bandit history if they beat San Diego this weekend. So that gives you an idea on how good of a season. Matt Vince has had, and how good of a season the Buffalo Bandits have had as a whole. A team that's been around 30 years or so, and uh, breaking a chance to break a record for an all-time record in a single regular season. That's uh, that's pretty impressive stuff. From the Banditos, uh, one more game to go here, and it was Saskatchewan at Calgary, and a game at the Saddledome in front of 19,000 Two hundred and what was it, Evan? Twenty-six fans, something like that. The first sellout in Roughneck history. I was there. Regular season sellout. Yeah, regular season sellout, and uh, a lot of Rush fans in tow. I have to, I have to say that there was a bottom corner of a section that was filled out nicely. Uh, with about uh, 300 Rush fans uh, from three busloads that made the trip from Saskatoon, you said there was a bunch that made the trip from Edmonton as well. Um, I I got to I got to get this in here quickly. That some people on social media throwing some shade towards the Roughnecks who said, you know, the best fans uh, came out and packed the Saddle Dome and, and Rush Nation and God bless them and and I and I get it. They're very proud fans and and uh, they love their team. But to sit there and kind of throw shade on the Roughnecks and their fans saying, oh, wait a second, there was a bunch of Rush fans there. This wasn't just a Roughnecks sellout. The Rush fans helped the sell." How about we just enjoy the fact that there was 19,000 people out to watch a National Lacrosse League exactly. game and just pump your brakes. We all know Rush Nation is one of the best, if not the best fan base in the National Lacrosse League. You don't need to start chiming in on other teams post and make sure that your voice is heard like hey we were there too just just stop it just let them have their no, moments I mean,
2: exactly like it's
1: yeah so i, I don't if, need to if
2: the teams are getting in 18 19,000 fans to a game and the revenue's coming in so these guys can be full-time professionals and everything like yeah, that yeah who cares
1: yeah like
2: see, all I care about is there was 19,000 people legitimately 19,000 people in the building.
1: Yeah, it was great so, to see. It was great to see all those fans and it was great to see Rush Nation uh in the Saddle Dome. Have, and unfortunately it didn't it didn't work out for Rush Nation in the Saddle Dome as we'll get to that in a second here, but just just let them have their moment. Like I mean seriously, Anyways, uh, this game, Evan, unfortunately for Saskatchewan, uh, fortunately for Calgary, was over at halftime. 14-5 the score at halftime. Evan Kirk actually got the start in this game here for the rush, and uh, it did not turn out very well for Evan Kirk as he was pulled from this game. Jesse King, uh, with his second game, put up six points. Dane Doby, who will be named the MVP, Mark my words. Uh, Put up another 8 points, 4-4 and for Dane Dobie. What a season for 44. Just incredible stuff uh, from the veteran there. And uh, Calgary might be the hottest and scariest team in the National Cross League right now, Evan. They are clicking along, coming off that win over Georgia. Now they beat the rush, and not just beat them, they beat them down. 18-8 the final in this one.
2: No, Dane Dobie, there's no question he's the MVP at this stage. And it's not just you and me and a lot of people in the chat group. Same, same conclusion that he's got to be the MVP at this stage. Evan Kirk, really, really shaky. 10 goals on 20 shots. And as much as Derek Keenan was trying to let him work his way out of it, he was eventually getting to the point where he was just going to continue to lose confidence. And now the question starts to become who do you start next week? I mean, I think I'll, they go back I'll to that one to you. Who I do think, you start?
1: Oh, well, personally, me, and I'm never going to question. Derek Keenan's coaching philosophy or his uh, his tactics. I'm just not going to do it. But if it was me, I would have started Adam shoot last week, and then I start Evan Kirk regardless this week, uh, whether they won or lost that game. Um, that didn't happen. And I know they want to go with Evan Kirk in the playoffs, and that's why they they tried to get him going in Calgary, so he could get more minutes. I was actually a little surprised after they pulled him in the first half, Adam Shute kind of came in and mopped it up, that they didn't go back to Kirk in the second half to try and get him more minutes and get him ready. Um, But I think they're going to go back to Evan Kirk here against Colorado. Again, uh, this I don't know if I would do that, but I think that's what they're going to do. And, and, you know, like I said, I would have started Evan Kirk this week regardless of whether they won or lost last week. So um, I guess I would start Evan Kirk this week. And, and if he goes well, then you start Evan Kirk in the playoffs. And if he doesn't, then Adam shoots going to be your guy moving forward.
2: Yeah, and the other little nugget that's coming out this week, of course, is Ryan Dilks getting added to the practice roster. Yeah, yeah. Probably doesn't play this year, but... The door's open now.
1: Well, I'll he tell you what. Could
2: potentially play.
1: Yeah, we got to get to Dylan Ward here in just a minute. But, um, you know, I've seen scenarios, and I don't want to get everybody up at a tizzy or, or whatever, but for guys that are on probation, going through firefighter college, that you have to serve a one-year probation, and the, the reason why you do that is so you don't get injured. And, of course, there is a high likelihood of getting injured while you play the sport of lacrosse, and that's why guys have to take the year off. Now, with that being said, if Ryan Dilks has served seven, eight months of his probation and he's got himself into a fire hall and the chief likes him and maybe the chief likes sports and maybe the chief even likes lacrosse and realizes the situation that Ryan Dilks is in, it is up to his fire hall chief to say, you know what? Go play. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Some chiefs will say, no, you're going to serve your full year regardless of whether you know they like you, don't like you, like sports. But there's other chiefs that go, you know what? I think this is going to be a good thing for you. Go play lacrosse. So, I don't know what kind of chief there is there in Edmonton. I don't, I'm don't. i just talking out loud here. It is entirely a possibility that Ryan Dilks could be activated if he gets the blessing from his fire hall chief there in Edmonton. I'm not saying it's going to happen, not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen. So, stay tuned for... That all right, Evan. That was Stampy Tax. Who we had? How did we both do this week? And what's the overall records now?
2: Yeah, we both went three and two. We both got Philadelphia wrong. We both got Calgary wrong. Uh, I'm sixty four and thirty one. You're fifty seven and thirty eight. And I know you were hard on yourself saying you suck at these picks. The truth of the matter is, you look at this, you're actually quite high up in the standings in almost every other pick that's out there.
1: I think I said awful. I didn't think I said I suck, uh, but awful was the adjective that I used, I believe. But, uh, no, well, I guess, and, and then you you fired back, well, no, you're just going up against the best, and, and I don't know if you maybe pulled your shoulder out of the socket trying to pat yourself on the back there or not, <laughs> but... Uh, Anyways, i got to give you some kudos, so there's no way I can catch you going into week 20 here, but that's okay. We'll make our picks regardless in the final week of the regular season. A little later on in the program, but now we got to get to the man they call the wall, Dylan Ward, because he's got high school lacrosse practice coming up. So we'll get a quick chat in here with number 45 of the Colorado Mammoth. Dylan Ward is up next here on Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified.
0: Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
3: Hey, this is Derek Keenan, head coach and GM of Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network where we grow the game one podcast at a time. Big thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. They create first impressions and they do a mighty fine job of that. Associated-labels.com is where you can find them, or their social media at Associated LP, as in Labels and Packaging. Sean Ashworth, Tosh Nishamira, and the gang down there at Associated Labels and Packaging. Make sure you use them for all your packaging and labeling needs. Uh, joining the podcast now, I think for the first time ever here on Lacrosse Classified, it's number 45 in your Colorado Mammoth program. The man they call the wall, it's Dylan Ward. Dill, thanks for doing this
3: absolutely thanks for having me guys uh
1: our pleasure man uh i know you got uh high school practice coming up so we won't uh keep you too long uh what's what's going on down there in Denver? how's the lax scene going what's your what's your high school team doing these uh this season
3: yes yeah. yeah it's been going it's a good season so far you know i'm uh here at rock canyon high school just south of denver uh i think we're eight and two right now We got a, a big game coming up this week and I think we are in the final stretch of our game before uh, hopefully the playoffs start up and in, and uh, in, at the beginning of May. So it's uh, it's been exciting. Um, you know, we're coaching here with Johnny Golan. he's the head coach at the at, at the school, and then it's, uh, it's been a fun season so far.
1: A uh, new voice back there with Andrew McBride at coaching that defense, Dylan. Was there an adjustment period? Having a new coach and a new voice, and I probably I would assume he's taken Pat Coyle's defensive system, but still, just you know, a new voice and and new terminology back there. Was there an adjustment period with McBride? Um,
3: I don't know. I don't know if there was really an adjustment period because again, you know, we've had such a, a very similar defense for a few years now, and obviously, you know, Pat Coyle's still here, and you know, he still has uh, has his uh, his voice that you know is heard in the in the defensive end. You know, Coach McBride, Andrew McBride, he's a great coach, and he's a very personal guy. And you know, the guys, the guys uh, enjoy him quite a bit. And he's he's an incredibly smart uh, individual. And you know, obviously, you know, with the with the shorter training camp, maybe there was a bit of a grow, uh, you know, growing period. But overall, I think we've uh, we've responded well to each other, and I think uh, our defense has been, you know, has been has been pretty good.
2: How would you? Rate you have your... an interesting game. Com... Sorry, sorry. I'm... You have an interesting game coming ahead of you this week because you're going to Saskatchewan. The game you can't move in the standings; they can. Even if you win, you still might end up heading back to Saskatchewan. So you take this literally as a, a game where you're going to scout your team for the for the next round of the playoffs. Get yourself ready. Is that is that the game plan, basically?
3: Well, we've kind of had a playoff mentality. Here for the last couple of weeks and you know obviously the we've dropped we've dropped a, a few games in a row here but that, that, uh, that doesn't change this weekend we we know we're going up against a, a top tier team in saskatchewan a team that you know we haven't really had much success against in the last few years so it's a it's a game that, that won't be very hard to get up for um you know they have a great offense they've got a lot of players who can put the ball in the back of the net and you no, know, personally, I I love uh, love the challenge of going up the team up against a team like Saskatchewan with so many guys that, that can do damage.
1: Speaking with Dylan Ward, and speaking of personally, Dylan, you know, where would you rate your game now? I know you know you still have uh, a remainder of an NLL season, and I know there's a summer season on the horizon, but uh, Team Canada in Langley in September has got to be in the back of your mind a little bit. Where would you rate your game uh, personally right now?
3: Um. You know what? Obviously, this past weekend wasn't wasn't one of my my best games, and I think it was just one of those games where I it was it was it, I couldn't get into a rhythm. You know, I was just really fighting the ball, and you know, Saskatch- or uh, sorry, San Diego obviously has a pretty strong offense, and you know, uh, I uh, I just wasn't making saves that I needed to make, and you know, uh, other than that, I think for the most part, I think I've been playing fairly pretty well this season, and you know, we've like you said, uh, we we've, we've given up a very low amount of of goals in in comparison to the rest of the league. So, you know, one, one bad game isn't gonna define my season and hopefully or you know, I I know I'll be able to bounce back and, and hopefully put up a, a better game this coming weekend.
2: One of the odd things all as well with the Mammoth is you and Steve Fryer I think are the only two righties in the league.
1: Yes, I'm glad you Does brought this
2: up. A- Sorry?
1: I'm glad you brought this up because I've been meaning to bring yeah. this up
2: yeah, because does that give you any advantage where the shooters are just not used to playing against a righty on a regular basis?
3: I think, well, I think you mean we hold our sticks with our left hands. We're right-handed, but we hold our sticks with our left hands. Yes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we are the only two and, um, you know, we've, we've played against each other for literally our whole lives. And I can't, the only other left-handed I could even think of off the top of my head would be Danny Lewis. And, uh, you know, for us to be on the same team, I think it, it, it benefits us in terms of, you know, he's a guy in practice who we, we kind of play a similar style. So he's a guy in practice where if I see something that, that I like that he's doing, it, it's pretty easy for me to kind of implement that into my game. And, you know, vice versa goes for him. Uh, it, we have a great relationship um, on and off the floor and, and, and bouncing ideas off each other. And I think just us being the two, only two left-handed goalies uh, kind of helps that. Uh, in terms of how, how we, uh, we bounce ideas off each other. And also, you know, I think it is it is kind of weird for other teams coming in. You know, like you said, they're, they're every goal in this league except for us is right-handed. And if it, if it can give us even a slight advantage, you know, we'll take that.
1: Yeah, I, and crazily enough, I think Dan Lewis also spent some time in Colorado. So I don't know what it is about uh, left-handed goaltenders in, in Denver. But uh, I, you're right, Dylan. I think it would be more difficult for – a guy, a shooter, staring at a goalie, you know, thinking, okay, top left is stick side, top left to stick side, and then all of a sudden, it's not. That's that's a bigger adjustment for the shooter to make than the goalie to make.
3: Yeah, I completely agree with that.
1: Um, I want to ask you about Bellarmine University. You were one of the early guys to go down there. A lot of guys have gone through that program: Jared Davis and Chase Williams. And how did how did you find your your way down there uh, in the first place? And what was your experience like? It's still kind of a, a program that is new I get new wish it's i mean it's been around for a while now but as far as the div one program still fairly new uh, what was your experience like down there and, and how did you find your way down there
3: yeah so i kind of had a, an interesting recruiting uh, process you know i was one of the you know, first guys to go down to the hill to get the hill academy and uh you know coming out of out of uh, high school i didn't really have many uh offers to go down and play in the in the u.s and I was, uh, I seemed to be the, the second option of, on a, a lot of uh, recruiting boards um, throughout uh, Division One, And, you know, so I decided to go back and do a, a victory lap at my uh, local high school and just kind of, you know, applied for some Canadian universities uh, and see where that took me. And then uh, I actually got a, a, a DM from uh, Matt Campbell, who uh, was a long pole at Bellerman. He's from my hometown of Orangeville. And he just uh, reached out to me and asked if I had any interest. And I think he reached out to me, and it was November uh, that of my victory last year. Uh, and then you know I was enrolled in classes uh, a month later and started January first, uh, or January fourth, two thousand and ten, something like that.
1: Kind of located down in the south. Is it Kentucky?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's in right in just uh, outside of downtown Louisville. It's a, it's an awesome place
1: you are one of the top
2: field goaltenders on top of being one of the top box goaltenders in the world. And very few people can make that transition because the two games are so different in that. What is it that you can bring from your field game that helps you in your box game?
3: Uh, I think it's more, you know, my, my, uh, leadership and, you know, being able to, you know, see, see a defense and communicate with my, my defense. What, uh, you know, what I want from them. And, you know, cause obviously in field across that's a huge part of the goaltender's job is, you know, and to have to make sure guys are in the right spots, make sure that, you know, slide packages are set up and, you know, recoveries are set up and, you know, for that into my, my box game, I think I see the field a li- or the floor a little bit differently than, you know, guys who may just play uh box goalie as well. Um, I think it helps with my angles. And, uh, again, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger, bigger goalie in the, the box game and the field game. And, uh, you know, in the, the the field game, I I've I, I've really relied on, on using the side my size, and, and playing my angles, and I think that has tra- that translated over very well into to my box game as well, seeing as that you know I do come out and challenge shooters quite a bit more than you know some other goaltenders.
1: Just a couple of more minutes here with Dylan Ward. Is uh, I don't know if we've ever done an interview where we've talked over each other so much between the three of us. <laughs> so my apologies. Uh, I want to ask you, Dylan. I would imagine the answer is going to be yes, but still, still a pretty sour taste left in your mouth from Israel. Oh,
3: absolutely. You know that was uh, that was an awesome experience, but. You know, for all that hard work and all the chaos that went on even before the tournament even started, and you know to finally you know get there, get our feet on the ground, take care of business the way we did, and you know kind of have it end the way it did was it was a It definitely is a sour taste, and you know um, not to take anything away from Team USA. They had a great team. They you know they had a lot of great players, but you know you almost you almost wish it just there wasn't that that. Uh,
1: Controversy, overcast
3: of, of yeah. you know the, a couple missed calls towards the end or or what have you, but you know it was it was an awesome experience. It was a great tournament. I think you know the fans got full value in that final game. You know a last last second goal to, to win a gold medal. You know are, are just a great game overall. And you know obviously you want to come out with the gold. Um, that'll probably be a, a sour taste that that's in my mouth until you know hopefully I get another crack at that. But uh, uh, a great experience no complaints other than other than not coming home with the
1: gold i'll tell you what dylan ward somebody posed the question uh out there on twitter during that tournament who is the best lacrosse player on the planet and my answer was dylan ward i think you're the best field lacrosse goalie on the planet and i think you're the best box lacrosse goalie on the planet and that makes you the best lacrosse player on the planet dylan i really appreciate your time here on lacrosse classified and uh I'm not going to wish you too much luck going into this weekend uh, because you're playing my Saskatchewan Rush, but I look forward to seeing you in the tune and uh, probably a week later uh, back in the playoffs, man.
3: Yeah, awesome. Looking forward to it. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. I love what you guys are doing, and don't keep doing your thing.
1: Oh, hey, one more thing before I let you go. Uh, I promised our good buddy Jim Ellis I'd get a hashtag, good times, in there for you uh, if you want to send one back to Jimmer.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> Hashtag good times is always is always something I'm looking forward to after a big
1: one. There you go. That's Dylan Ward of the Colorado Mammoth. He will be in Saskatchewan with his Mammoth to take on the Rush this uh, Saturday night. We're going to play on Saturday night at Sastell Center. Uh, he's off to high school practice now, is Dylan Ward, and we are off to break because we got Corey Small coming up on the other side. You're listening to Extreme Threats, lacrosse classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network.
0: Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come.
2: Hey, this is Chris Boushey from the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on LAX All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here. Extreme threats, Lacrosse Classified. Pure Vital Labs sponsors Lacrosse Classified. You know that by now. They have the best supplements on the market, all natural products, and lots of lacrosse players using them. You can find them online at PVL.com or at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be unsportsmanlike. Speaking of a sportsman, we got one on the program now making his triumphant return to lacrosse classified. It's the man known as the kitten. Corey Small joins us here on Lax Class. Small Z, thanks for doing this, man.
4: Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy
1: to be back on. Oh, we're happy to have you. Uh, Speaking of happy, you got to be pretty happy with not only the season that the Buffalo Bandits are having, but the season that you are having personally. Not that you had a bad year last year, but coming off that year previous to that where you are in the M V P. conversation and then a bit of a dip and a lot of a lot of stuff going on in your personal life and what have you, moving back to Ontario. Is it do you feel like uh, the old Corey Small is back here with the season you've had with the bandits this year? Uh
4: yeah, I mean I don't know if all, uh that two thousand seventeen season was uh was maybe one of a kind, but uh hopefully I can I can come close to those numbers again and uh yeah, unfortunately last year, you know, I don't know what it was. I mean Obviously, uh, our team' success wasn't very great, so um, maybe I was a microcosm of that, but uh, it definitely feels like I'm on the right track now and uh, having a much better year this year.
2: You go from a team where you're expected to carry a big load of the offensive output to a team where, on a regular basis, you guys are having nine or ten different goal scorers. You're expected to contribute, but you're not necessarily having to be the show. How big was the adjustment coming from Vancouver over to Buffalo for you?
4: Uh I I mean definitely definitely different. Um, you know, playing in Vancouver, like like you said, I was more expected to carry a lot of the offensive load, myself and, and Duchy there and uh, you know, there was there was nights where, you know, pressure was definitely on. If I knew if I didn't have a big night then um, you know, the chances of us winning were were not as great. So, um, you know, playing in playing in Buffalo this year, it's a total different (laughs) situation. We've got, we've got so much depth, depth up front. And, um, for me, I've just kind of, I've had to adjust my game a little bit, obviously, um, you know, Dane and, uh, you know, Josh Byrne, and those guys are pretty athletic guys. So putting the ball in their stick a lot more and especially, uh, another guy, Sean Evans, who's, you know, one of the better playmakers in this league. So, um, you know, maybe taking on a role as more of an off-ball player and, and letting those guys do a lot of the, the playmaking and creating space and just kind of react to what they're doing.
1: What's it like playing for John Tavares, Corey Small?
4: <laughs> uh, it's awesome. I mean, I, he was a guy I grew up watching as a kid. Uh, he was my favorite player and living in southern Ontario. Um, we went to more Buffalo Bandit games than Toronto Rock games growing up. So uh, He was a guy I looked up to and uh, a guy that I tried to emulate as a player and um yeah I mean he's he's a he's incredible across mine and I'm learning a ton from him uh just playing for him and um you know he does he does a lot of different things that you know different plays and um you know he he studies a lot of film and he kind of sets us up as an offensive group to be successful every week and um yeah it's a, it's a it's a cool experience playing Playing for Buffalo and definitely playing for John, and um, I'm enjoying every moment of it.
1: Can you pick out one or two things like from him that you've learned specifically that maybe you had really no idea about before you arrived in Buffalo? I wouldn't even,
4: you know, what It's just for me. It's a lot of the the focus on the the details, and I mean, it's not necessarily things I didn't I didn't know in the past, but it's definitely something that um, is more brought to our attention in this team and. Um, you know just little things like making sure we're picking inside shoulders and um, you know off ball movement and uh, I think I think the biggest things I've noticed too are just kind of some of the set plays you run and things on the power play um, you know not that other coaches I had didn't didn't run good power plays or things like that but um, it almost seems like every week he's got a new play drawn up based on what he's seen and and film leading up to the game so it's just you know, he's, his mind's always always working. He's always coming up, coming up with new kind of innovative plays and, and things that will work in the game, and a lot of stuff I've never seen before. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I've played lacrosse now for, well, competitive or professional lacrosse now for almost 10 years, and um, it seems like every team you, you go on pretty much the same kind of set plays or power plays, and yeah. Um, you know, this is the first time I've been on a team where I've been learning some new stuff on, in those situations. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting, and it's kind of, it's kind of neat to see how he does it and and the thought process behind it. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's kind of a, in a sense, he's he's a student of the game because he he watches a ton of film, even though he's he's played for so long, and he's he's definitely coming up with all sorts of new stuff for us, and it's uh, it's exciting to be part of. And actually, speaking of power
2: plays, you lead the league right now in power play goals, thirteen. <laughs> Um, is, it, is it the system that is being implemented that's helping that, or is it you're just getting a little more wide open than you're used to? What's, all the, what's the main contributor to the number of power play goals you managed to get
4: this year? Uh, you know, a combination of things. I think, you know, playing in Vancouver, I was probably our primary scorer, myself for Reese, and, um, you know, I think maybe teams focused a lot more on, on myself shooting the ball, whereas... Uh, Buffalo this year, we've just got so many threats. I mean, or burn up top in a shooting position, Dane on the right side and myself on the left. And then, you know, Evie down low and and Jordan Durst on the other crease. I I just think it forces teams to be in a tough situation where they can't really take, take time and space away from one guy because there's, you know, two other guys that are a threat to shoot the ball. And, um, obviously the, the playmaking ability of those guys on the power play is, uh, is second to none so um i think it's just more or less that uh, you know teams are, aren't able to focus on on one guy and it's uh you know and, and in turn it's opening up opportunities for me so i'm kind of thankful for that <laughs> and uh yeah we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes for the rest of the year but it looks like um uh, that would be my kind of guess it's just that uh, teams aren't able to really focus on one player
1: speaking of uh, with Buffalo Bandits Corey Small. Let's let's move to the other end, and, and a guy that you're obviously very familiar with coming out of St. Catharines. He's uh, been longtime buddies and teammates, and, and that's Matt Vance, Corey Small. He, uh, what a year Vino has had. Uh, he's got a chance, well, he's broken his own record for, for personal success in a regular season, now has an opportunity as do you going into this game with San Diego to set a Buffalo Bandits franchise record for the best overall regular season. Just talk about i mean there's a long history there in buffalo Corey, to to be able to eclipse a record like that and and to do it with a guy like matt vince uh who's just i mean he's playing amazing and on his way to a seventh goalie of the year it's it's been pretty incredible to watch
4: yeah i i, I there's there's no real words to kind of describe it i mean he's just he's incredible i um you know, to be in the the league as long as he has, and to have as much success as he has had in the past, and um, to see kind of the work he puts in day in and day out, um, whether it's in practice or you know even in the hotel room before games watching film. Like I don't know if there's any goalie in the league that works as hard as a guy, um, which is a lot to speak to because he's so talented that he probably doesn't need to to maybe work as much, but uh, he does all the stuff behind the scenes that makes that makes for him to be a really good goalie and um you know we've had we've had a great defense in front of him but there's been games where he's just been absolutely lights out and and saved us a few times and um i mean i you know playing in this league it's very rare where you see a game where a team's held to under under eight goals and i think he's done that a few times this year so uh man he's just having an incredible year and um I can't think of a guy more deserving of the kind of the accolades he's received and, um, you know, rooming with him and traveling with him all year and seeing kind of the work he does um, on his own time. It, you know, it's you're nothing but happy for the guy with uh, with all the stuff he's done and the success he's had. Big win uh, on the
2: weekend here against New England. Team that you're now going to face in the first round of the playoffs. Obviously nice to get that one. You get the home floor advantage where the four teams in the playoffs are what have combined 29-7. and seven at home this year so obviously nice to play at home but also nice that next week you can rest some banged up bodies you can kind of just go through your systems it's not you know fighting for that first play place spot anymore you're just going to you know do your thing the way you normally do
4: yeah i mean obviously getting home floor advantage is huge and i mean we're um we're obviously preparing for san diego this week and uh we don't want to look past look past them because I think they're playing a meaningful, meaningful game against us So, um, and we want to go into the playoffs on a high note so like you said we got a chance where if we do have some bagged up bodies we can rest some guys and get people healthy but in the same breath we're the goal is to win and um, we want to go into the playoffs with, with a winning streak and uh, I think San Diego's actually you know they're a top team in the West and that's a good test for us a good tune-up game for us going to the playoffs against our Eastern, our Eastern competitors so um, I don't think we're going to take take it lightly and obviously want to come up with a win in that game um and then in terms of uh, new england i you know they're a tough team to match up against some games uh i mean we've played them two good games where we've we've won by quite a bit but uh you've seen them play this year and you know they've beat beat toronto uh beat georgia so they've beaten some really good teams and um you know we're expecting a better game out of them come first round of the playoffs and Uh, we're going to do everything we can to prepare for
1: that game last one here for you kitty and and i know you don't want to look ahead but uh it's hard for me not to your peterborough lakers a chance to uh go for the three pete i know you're not going to be inside the mem center which is going to be a little bit weird but uh how excited are you for for, are you going to suit up again for the lakers and go for the three pete
4: you know what we're uh i'm i'm really excited to be back it was a you know, I was very fortunate to play in Victoria for for so many years out west, and um, Peterborough is basically a, a eastern version of Victoria, and I'm I'm so blessed to be playing there. And uh, if we can keep the same roster, uh, there's no reason I don't think we can we can compete for a third in a row. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different different not playing out of the the Mem Center, but from what I hear, uh, it will be a smaller smaller venue, but uh, it's gonna be packed out still, and we'll have. I think it might even be an even crazier atmosphere with all the people jammed in there. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. I I know the guys uh, that I've spoken to are looking forward to the season again. And uh, yeah, you know, we had a special team last year. And, and like I said, if we can keep keep the same roster and get everybody back, I think there's no reason we won't be competitive and, and have another another opportunity to play for it.
1: All right, man. Well, I'll look forward to that. Hopefully uh, seeing you out west in the summertime, and who knows, maybe we'll uh, meet up again in Saskatchewan uh, in about a month or so for the NOL finals if things go according to plan for both teams. Uh, appreciate uh, the time, Corey Small, as always. Give my best to the, to the family, lovely wife Lauren, and uh, we'll catch up soon.
4: Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me here.
1: Our pleasure. That was Corey Small. He wears number 45 for the Buffalo Bandits and having a good year for those Banditos, are, as are the Bandits. And, uh, Corey Small, a big reason for that, Evan Scheminer.
2: Oh, absolutely. And you look at the the depth of this roster, Buffalo having a, a limited forward roster to start the year, but now with the addition of Small and the addition of Hogarth and Cucci. There is not a night off, there's not a shift off with these guys. You, you got to have your head on a swivel because any of them can burn you at any second. Yeah,
1: very, very deep and dangerous team, and you're right. Uh, just not a lot of not a lot of weaknesses in that bandit lineup, right from the goaltender out. They're going to be a tough test for whoever they match up with uh, throughout the the playoffs. Uh, New England will be first, and then we shall see. One more break to come here on Extreme Threats Lacrosse Classified, and then it is the final edition of the regular season of Stampede Tax. Who? You got it's next here on Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified on Lax Allstars Podcast Network.
0: Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world, specializing in lacrosse. They deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today.
3: Hey, this is Nick Rose, goaltender for the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Extreme Threats Lacrosse Classified. You just heard it right there. They are our title sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified. Make sure you customize your team with Extreme. Brand new warehouse down there in beautiful Port Coquitlam. I know they are cranking out all sorts of jerseys for lacrosse teams across the world. Uh, They're all over the Alice Rabeski tournament as well. You got any information on that if they're going to webcast in a game, Seven?
2: Yeah, no, they uh they normally do and it's a nice thing if you just follow their their Twitter feed normally. You can just go and they're right there. If you wake up at eight in the morning you're gonna see about four games on the on the Twitter feed going. I
1: gotta get but back. But it's a
2: beautiful arena. Yeah, I gotta it's, get back uh, there. I gotta get back
1: there. Outdoor turf box in Prague. Uh, looks amazing. I've never been, but I got to get there. But anyways, uh, back to my point. Extreme Threads making the jerseys for a lot of those teams there at the Alice Robertsky, along with WA, BC Junior A teams, uh, minors, you name it. Uh, they are making them, and it's high quality stuff. Make sure you check them out at ExtremeThreads.ca. And when you sign up for an apparel package, your coach, your manager, they get free stuff. Find them. At Extreme Threads. Sales at Uh, ExtremeThreads.ca. The other thing they're going to start doing here is uh, they're going to feature like a jersey of the week. Each time we post up a lacrosse classified, they're going to post up uh, their latest, newest jersey that they've made up. So that's going to be something to watch for as well. Evan, there are just four games left in the regular season that is crazy to think about but that's where we're at man one friday had not been for
2: the stoppage it would have been over with yeah
1: yeah you're right about that one friday three saturday let's get into it here uh how many games am i back by the way officially here
2: you're seven back
1: seven back with four to go even i can do that math i lose stampede tax who you got but With that being said, they are your complete source for boots. Check them out. Huge selection of Cowboy and Blundstone, all CSA approved. They ship Canada wide, and you can find them online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Okay, Friday night, Toronto makes the trip across the country to take on the Vancouver Warriors. Rock at Warriors. Evan, who you got?
2: This is a difficult one to pick because it means nothing in the standings to either team at this stage. I'm going to pick Toronto simply because, A, the effort that Vancouver put forward last weekend, and, B, Toronto's going to want to get playoff ready for Vancouver. This is just going through the motions of ending the season.
1: Agreed. I just think Toronto is a better team. That's why I'm going to pick The Rock. New England at Rochester. Evan, who you got?
2: Uh, New England has been kind of coasting ever since they got uh, into the playoffs the last little while. Rochester, who's out, has been playing phenomenal across. Uh, you don't pick against the hot team here. Take the Nighthawks.
1: Ooh, I thought you were really going to pick New England here, and that was why I was kind of wringing my hands. Like, "Oh, I'm going to take Rochester here. It's going to be a different pick. But I'm going to take the Nighthawks team, man. They, they're one of the hottest teams in the league right now, and, New England uh, kind of scuffling along. Ever since that Crawford inf- incident, they have not been the same team as has Crawford. He has not really been the same player since that as well. And Nighthawks have really been playing well. you got to think Warren Hill is the guy moving forward for Rochester. I think uh, Angus Goodleaf kind of had his opportunity, didn't make the most of it. Warren Hill has come in and he's, uh, he's shown he can be a goalie in this league. And, and I think the Nighthawks believe in him, and, and it's showing on the scoreboard. So give me the Nighthawks over the Black Wolves as well. Two down, two to go. Let's move along. Sastel Center, chance uh, for Saskatchewan to go 3-0 against the Colorado Mammoth here. Mammoth kind of back their way into the playoffs. Uh, they're going to sit in the four hole. They're not moving from that position. We just had Dylan Ward on the program. Evan, Mammoth at the rush. Who you got?
2: The Mammoth have scored seven goals in both games against the Rush this year. They scored seven last week. They've been scoring seven, eight, nine in a lot of their last several games. The offense output just isn't enough to beat the Rush.
1: This is about as boring as it can get. Give me Saskatchewan as well. One more game to go here on Stampede Talks. Who you got? It's Buffalo at San Diego. This does have some implications here uh for saskatchewan and for san diego and for buffalo talking about that all-time best regular season mark for the bandits so that's on the line for them for san diego and saskatchewan well it's playoff seating so bandits seals seven who you got
2: yeah for the seals they still got a shot at first place now they need colorado to beat saskatchewan and they need to win so that's the, the double uh slide that they need to get first place but this game starts just a half hour after the game in Saskatchewan, so they're not going to really know it until the tail end what's going on in the other game. Buffalo is going to take this opportunity to rest some bodies. It's a long trip out there. They're not going to want to get too too worn down uh heading into the playoffs. I'm taking the Seals because ooh, ooh. it means more to them.
1: Ooh. I'm going to take the Bandits just so we have one differentiating pick. And uh, I think the way that the Bandits are playing right now, Corey Small just said it. They want to be heading into the playoffs on the right foot. Uh, They may rest a couple of bodies, but that team is so deep that I think they can afford to do that, and they still win this game. So give me the Bandits. Recapping quickly, we both have Toronto to beat Vancouver. We both have Rochester to beat New England. We both have Saskatchewan to beat Colorado. You took San Diego, and I took the Buffalo Bandits. We kind of just went down the playoff scenario there for Saskatchewan and San Diego. But you can do it one more time here, Evan, uh, with one week to go. Playoff scenarios, if you please.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's not like last year where I had to write a whole article as to every possibility in the East that could happen. Um, Simple math here is that if Saskatchewan wins or San Diego loses, either one happens. The order in the West is Saskatchewan, San Diego, Calgary, Colorado. If Saskatchewan loses and San Diego wins, Saskatchewan doesn't even have a home playoff game. It's San Diego first, Calgary second, Saskatchewan third, Colorado fourth, and you know Saskatchewan's not going to want to have to go back to the saddle dome after that beating.
1: That's it in the West, uh, and the East is is settled up, right?
2: The, The East is settled up. It is Buffalo will play New England in the opening round. And Georgia will host Toronto.
1: So there you go with that. Uh, We should note if San Diego is going to host a playoff game and it's going to be what Monday? They're going
2: to host a game. Monday night. They're going to host a game.
1: It's Monday night though.
2: Yes. Monday night there and Monday night in Georgia.
1: Yeah, so, so some arena availability issues, so that's a little odd. We'll see some Monday night look around. I don't mind it, uh, because I usually do nothing on Monday nights, so I'll look forward to that. Uh,
2: <laughs> Other than we're going to have to delay our taping on the podcast. Well, that's okay. We'll work on.
1: around it. We'll work around it, and I believe Saskatchewan, if they host, it'll be a Friday night game, right?
2: Not sure. I believe it's a Saturday mm-hmm. game, but I
1: might be wrong. Yeah, I think it might be a Friday night game if, uh, if Saskatchewan's hosting. We'll keep you apprised. Regardless, uh, other news and notes, uh, the BC Junior A Lacrosse League gets going this Friday night from Port Coquitlam. Thunder and Saints uh, from the Port Coquitlam Rec Center. I can't believe a Junior A season is here. Friday, April 26th, it all gets going. The Road to the Minto Cup, which will be held at the Langley Event Center in late August. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. Still trying to hammer out some webcasting details for the Junior A League. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on what's transpiring there. What else, Seven? I think that's about it, man. I think.
2: Yeah, the Rush are going to end up winning the attendance. Oh, there race you go. Again.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, the attendance is down a bit for Saskatchewan, but still they're going to win the race. Finding uh, a few hundred, it's not too bad, but they're going to still win that. Uh, also, if you're. In Saskatchewan, if you're just a lacrosse fan for uh, for any reason, there, there's another special edition Rush jersey. This is a superhero-style jersey that is on auction, I believe, already on Facebook. So go to the Saskatchewan Rush's Facebook page, and you can start to bid on, uh, on jerseys there. I believe it's for the hospital foundation that... Uh, that they're auctioning those off for the children's hospital
1: yeah between the rush and the mammoth they crank out a lot of jerseys throughout the year but i think it's something that's actually pretty cool like i like going around sastel center and just looking at all the different rush jerseys that are out there especially this year uh that tractor jersey really caught my eye i think i'm going to pick one of those up uh for the end of the year And, and next year uh, for fans that sign up for season's tickets for the Saskatchewan Rush, they get this fifth-year anniversary jersey that I'm just in love with. So I think uh, I'm either just going to buy a season ticket so I get the jersey or I'm going to find a way to, to get the jersey one way or the other.
2: Just 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 uh, twist the arm of the boss. Well, okay? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've done that enough this year. I really have. Uh, <laughs>
1: but I, I, may, I may twist it a little bit further. I, okay, I think, uh, I think that's it for today. Big thanks to uh, Corey Small and Dylan Ward for coming on the program. Uh, good chats as always with with those guys. Uh, and uh, of course, we've got to get the sponsors in there one more time. Extreme threads, associated labels, and packaging. Pure Vital Labs and Stampede Tech and Westernware. Without those people, this podcast doesn't happen. So make sure you're supporting those guys. Uh, we'll have some new things coming up in summertime as well. Uh, some new giveaways, some prizes, some contests and what have you uh, as we move along here into the summer months so stay tuned for that and uh the biggest thanks of course always goes out to you the loyal listener for checking out extreme threads lacrosse classified every single tuesday for evan sheminar i've been Jake kelly and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator you've been listening to extreme threads lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network